Welcome to Scotch Parlor. I'm Rick Scotch, your host of the Scotch Parlor podcast, where we capture lifestyles and share stories of inspiring people that bring motivation, knowledge, and entertainment to our community. Life is good. Let's get started. Welcome to Scotch Parlor. I'm your host, Rick Scotch of the Scotch Parlor podcast. Today I have Chef knife maker and entrepreneur Drew Hash from Drew Hash Knives. I want to thank you for your time today and your story. I truly appreciate that, Drew. No problem. And before I pass it to Drew for his intro, I just want to uh, give a little bit of background of him and his, and his business. To be blunt, this gentleman flat out makes some badass knives, straight up. His knives are made for kitchen professionals and home cooks. His knives have been featured in Sunset Magazine as the best of the West, local Bay Area media site 7and7.com, and SF Chronicle. Drew Hash started in the restaurant business when he was 16. He moved his way up from dishwasher to executive chef. He worked at notable restaurants in California, such as Capanel in Los Angeles and Boulevard and Spruce in San Francisco. And in 2010, he officially started playing with knife making. And now today, he's creating beautiful, bespoke knives for the city's top restaurants. With that said, I'll pass it on to Drew to give him let him give his intro and um, fill in the blanks on that. <laughs> Hey folks, my name is Drew Hash. Um, you pretty much said it all for me. All right. Um, <laughs> I moved to San Francisco. I, I grew up in California. Mm -hmm. I grew up, uh, moved to San Francisco in around 97, and that sort of be began my fine dining career. Um, worked in kitchens and then eventually private homes up until around 2010. And, you know, just really got burnt on that whole career. That's uh -huh. all I've ever done professionally. Gotcha. And m shifting into knives was more of a retirement plan, kind of like right. longevity thing. Uh-huh. So that's where I am today. You know, I'm just constantly striving for better product. Okay. And that's that's what I do. Cool, cool. So And so you uh, grew up in San Francisco. You lived here all your life. No, I moved oh. to San Francisco in 97. I oh. grew up, up in Dixon, California, which okay. is about 60 miles away. Okay, gotcha. Okay, up cool, in the cool, valley. cool, 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 cool. Yeah. And then uh, the, uh, the weather is different. Huh? Lot, lot, it was hotter. Well, today we're going to do it with the rain, but. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's either hotter or colder. Yeah, right. You so, get the extremes. That's good. Sure. So as far as I know you said in 2010, you started officially making your knives, right? But you, as a child, you you've always had the infatuated with knives and as far as the or the metal work uh, can you explain Both, that really Both, okay. um you know i i had my first pocket knife around six years old mm -hmm. you know of course i cut myself here and there uh -huh. i've pretty much had a pocket knife ever since then you know always a interest i wouldn't say infatuation but an interest in the, all things sharp you know i'm not really into swords and stuff okay okay um, there you go but you know, I did I did have to make one last year, so that was fun. Oh. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, and then working in kitchens, like you're always around knives, so it's it's like, duh, of course you gotta make some knives. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Members of my family are like, I don't understand why it took you so long to get into this. Like, this is such a natural fit. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When they actually see you, it's like, and you're like, wow. And you probably question yourself, like, how come it took me this long to actually start doing it? So, sure. yeah. so then, when did your uh, being that you you were a chef and then you went into being an entrepreneur? Even maybe even before, did you ever have like an entrepreneur? Like, we're like, I'm gonna eventually have my own business. My entrepreneur spirit's gonna come out. Uh, maybe something happened younger or before Drew Hash Knives. I did, but nothing ever manifested that was real tangible. You know, mm -hmm. like as a chef, you know, your your options are either become you know a really big name and have a bunch of restaurants, and even that's kind of a miserable existence in my opinion. Okay, and so I, for a long time, I wanted to have my own restaurant. You know, went through a lot of iterations of that, different concepts and. 
nothing ever really manifested. Like I said, it became to the point where I was just constantly trying to figure out like, what am I going to do? Like, I can't, uh-huh. you know, keep line cooking into my even forties, let alone fifties or sixties. Like there's no really longevity for restaurant experience. And gotcha. as we all know, the failure rate for restaurants is, you know, Extremely 80 high. percent. Yeah. Percentile, so yeah, I was just trying to figure out like, Another passion for me, you know, of course, I'm still passionate about cooking. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Early on, I figured out that I was a really good cook. Okay. I would say not a great chef because I was not a great team leader. Uh-huh, okay. I had, I had almost zero interest in the financials. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, you just want to cook. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you, you have to pay attention to that stuff uh-huh. or you're going to fail. So. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, no, that's cool. So it's like you just wanted to cook. You just wanted to totally. to. uh Put out the good food. Make good food, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So now let's talk about, actually talk about Drew Hash Knives. So when did it, so actually, what is Drew Hash Knives? Let's just, I know I described it at the beginning, but when you originally started thinking this, what, what what's your vision on Drew Hash Knives and where it's at today? Originally, I just started dabbling with the metal work. You know, I went to City College and took some welding classes. It is relating to my knife making. It's helped me a lot. Um, and just tried to learn as much as I could. And it started as more of just a hobby. You know, when other cooks that I had worked with found out, of course, they were like, I want a knife. And so I started making blades for different chef friends, cooks, and to get feedback from them. And just, you know, the thing I love about this craft is every single blade that you make is better and better and better. Uh huh. Okay. And so when I look at my early blades that honestly i don't want anyone to see them like they're they're embarrassing yeah okay um, okay <laughs> and I, I think that's natural and healthy for sure but um early on it was, it was really just a hobby and then as things progressed i was working as a private chef for a long time and i had it was a really sweet gig but those jobs kind of they're inconsistent uh-huh. uh, and so i was able to build my craft while working f- full-time as a private chef oh wow um, this okay. was before i had children and so I had a little bit of extra income and I would yeah. just dump that into my business. Cool. Uh, and so eventually it, it sort of rolled down the hill into more of a business. Sweet. And so that's where I'm at today. And then did you, um, so when did Drew Hash Knives actually start as far as the business itself? Is it kind of like always been there? It's just kind of like. Probably around 2012. 2012. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. cool. Was, you know, people were like, oh, you should sell these now. And I, I had hesitated for a long time uh-huh. just because I wanted to have a representation of exactly awesomeness, yeah, yeah, yeah 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 for I didn't sure half step it so well it's like that's our um that's always what stops us right we try to be perfect we want a perfect product out there and then what we learn is damn our product's pretty good we just got to put it out there and then you learn as you go and then for now sure. it's like i mean and i totally understand because it's like when i do create videos or i do it's like if i look at my old stuff i'm like wow <laughs> dude like well, and i thought it was good at the time yeah and it might have been all right but but you just upped your your your, your abilities and now your skill sets have, sure. have grown that's cool so then what what is the process i mean i'm sure how long is the process of creating a knife what how do you what do you from step one to step 10 <laughs> so nowadays all my blades are forged um all the carbon steel blades are forged and so i'll start with a bar stock that looks something like a big ruler or like okay. a yardstick okay you can imagine or even a round bar all right and hammer it down by hand in, in the wow. fire uh there's a lot of little technicalities that go on into the way the steel moves but one thing i explain to students is that the steel moves the exact same way as clay would so if you pulled out a piece of clay and you started hitting it with a with a hammer it's an exaggerated movement of the steel but it's the exact same wow. so a lot of times i'll even if i'm trying something new i'll, I'll do it in clay 
Okay, just um, to, okay, just to kind of see how yeah. that's interesting. Okay. It's a lot slower than clay, obviously. Oh yeah, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But it's it's an exaggerated movement of that. Yeah. Okay. So then you break it down to from that. Yeah, and then when I get it to general shape, um, chef knives are a little harder because their cutlery is really thinner than like say a kukri or a machete or even okay. a bowie knife or something like that. Uh huh. It goes through some complicated thermal cycling to relax the steel. You know. All the micro stuff inside the steel is really unhappy after forging. Um, and so there's things that you can do to bring it back to where it becomes more of a better comp cutting implement. You know, the properties okay. are better. And so usually that's some different heat cycles. And then it, I'll have to soften the steel because it's so stressed. And that's usually overnight in sand or vermiculite. Uh, I'll come back the next day. I like to cold forge, which is the same process without the heat. Okay. Uh, and that... It's like this magical thing that that benefits the steel that scientists say is complete bullshit. But uh -huh. as a bladesmith, I re actually really, really believe you, it. Yeah, okay, yeah. okay, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I can tell the difference when I cut with one of my knives. It's been cold forged. Really? Yeah, okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. That's that's interesting. Yeah. When I get to that point, it's usually um, I start grinding. Okay. A little bit, and I'll you know refine the shape. I like to to do my forging as close to my finished dimensions as possible. And so that it saves me time with the machinery. Okay. Okay. Um, and then I'll go through a hardening process, which is more heating and quenching. So this time it'll go, it'll go to an exact temperature into oil. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. And then, um, if everything goes right, it'll stay straight, which never happens. <laughs> um, and it's you know a little bit of tweaking and adjusting on uh -huh. that. And then it, when it comes out of the, the oil like that, it's it's extremely hard to the point where if I dropped it on the cement, it would likely shatter or break. Like, wow. Yeah, it becomes almost glass-like. Whoa. So reheat it up to, you know, below 400 degrees. So oftentimes I'll use my kitchen oven to do that. And that brings it to a working hardness. So it's still really hard. Uh, it'll hold an edge, but it's not brittle. Huh. And so... From there is where the real grinding and refinement comes in. You can't overheat steel at this point because you'll change the properties of the steel, the hardness and whatnot. Huh. This is really where the rubber hits the road because it's, it's steel does weird things. Uh -huh. Even when it's you know hardened and you think everything's stable. Yeah. It does things that are unexplainable, really. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then when I get that to where I like it real thin, as the blade gets real thin, it's really hard to keep cool. Uh -huh. um, so that's... A, complication i'll go to hand sand it which is basically when i finish when the blade comes off the grinder it's got scratches running vertically on the blade okay and i want all my scratches to run horizontally so i need to do that with basically sanding blocks and sandpaper uh-huh uh-huh okay. gives it a real nice finish when i get that that usually takes me about an hour per blade okay then i'll go into handle work Okay. Okay. And I, that, that your handles are so cool. Thank like, you. <laughs> so I saw the, the video. Mm -hmm. That's an awesome video. Do you, so you go out and cut, do you cut wood, like actual wood? Or is that like sometimes? I have done before. I wouldn't say that I do normally. Uh, uh -huh. uh, obviously you really can't just go out and start. Yeah. Right. You have a pro <laughs> For that particular um, project, it was on my boss's property. Okay. And it was a tree that had come down in a big storm and it was blocking a creek turned out to be a giant root ball of burl oh and wow so okay, i took a okay. chainsaw to it we got some of that on film and i still have tons of red blocks. okay yeah. okay okay so i mean that, i do that when i can because it's free wood yeah yeah yeah, um, yeah 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 for sure and i like to use things that are 
native to California. Okay. Uh, but I'm not against using cool stuff from around the world. That's you know? cool. That's cool. I'm not, not an elitist about my wood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. I do okay. like, you know, Manzanita I'm working with now. Um, oak is really cool. Redwood, Buckeye, you know, things, uh -huh. ironwood, stuff that comes okay. from California. So how long do you think the process takes from beginning to end? I tell people anywhere between, I could do a real rustic knife and probably two hours but okay. i don't really do those so yeah. between four and 24 hours okay okay yeah. so because of the um because so there's not like a um there's a i mean i don't want to say a drying thing but when you said you you dropped the knife if it dropped on the floor it would shatter so then like how quick does it where you it's not going to shatter if you drop it like, for those tempering cycles that it's pretty long so that's uh it's two two cycles of two hours each okay, uh, okay. where it's just baking in the oven gotcha okay um, it can be done faster but i like to take my time with that yeah so yeah, yeah, yeah i like to um I don't ever work on a blade from start to finish and go to the next one. Like I have different projects in the works. That makes all sense. Time. Yeah. So they're overlapping and cycling. Yeah. And yeah. 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 Okay. Bounce around. That's cool. That's cool. So let's go back to the day where, and you, you probably, it sounded like you were selling knives before your official drew hash knives, like the website and everything mm -hmm. came out. But let's talk about the one where it wasn't necessarily a friend it, just through, you know, you you were you, you through the sun being featured in the sunset magazine when you got your first sale. Like, you know what I mean? Like, what was your emotions when you're like, okay? <laughs> it was, you know, I'd say not as exciting as it should have been. Okay, okay. But, uh, <laughs> because there was that soft transition of like selling them to friends at highly discounted prices. To, yeah, you know, it wasn't like all of a sudden, boom, you just sold a knife to Joe Schmo, Hot Shot Chef, uh -huh. for a thousand bucks. Uh -huh, okay, you know, which. Which I have done that, but uh -huh. I had already been selling knives a little bit, so okay, it so, wasn't so spectacular. Yeah, 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 yeah. But um, <laughs> to be able to, at, you know, at some point I started to get some really cool press, whether it was a Chronicle or whatever. Uh -huh. And then to have, to transition into people who were ordering knives for me that I didn't know yeah. any longer. And that was like, all right, cool. This is this is actually going to work. Like, yeah. And people would not bat an eye at the price I would give them, you know, like, uh -huh. I didn't want to be too expensive. But yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not doing it for free. Either, exactly. So. It's a, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a skill set that you've learned and you sure, yeah. and you need to hone it in and get paid for it. <laughs> yeah. And I think like a lot of things, people don't understand what it takes to make something. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And so some people will not understand the the pricing. Yeah, no, absolutely. See, that that's the cool thing. And that's why I always ask that question is because of the fact that that as entrepreneurs, as you created this, you know, you you're creating this business. And then when you get that first and, and it's cool to get friends and people that you know and everything. But when you get that one person that like doesn't really you don't know who it is, but you, you, yeah, you so yeah. then, you know, it, it's a it's a great, great feeling. For sure, yeah. <laughs> and I can, you know, I continue to get orders from people around the world, really, who I, I have no idea who they are. Uh, sometimes I learn more about them. Sometimes it just, they just want a knife and they go on their way. Yeah. And, you know, I try to follow up with people and make sure that they're happy with stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. For so sure. Stuff like that. It's, I've met a lot of cool people. You know, I did TV show, whatever. You That's know, cool. Yeah. The other thing that I really love about your brand itself is um, your website. I, I love the way that you actually, the photography on with the, with the knives. Um, and like we, I briefly mentioned the video, I think that video really just kind of, it was beautifully done because it shows your, your craft work, but it also shows you as a person, how you are, your mindset as an entrepreneur, as far as kind of like, I think you said one thing is like, you, it's kind of comes down to like, if you're, if you want to do it, you're going to do it. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and I think that's, um, you know, we use the word entrepreneur for me a lot. I don't really consider myself that. Uh -huh. I think I'm more of just a selfish person who really doesn't give a fuck. Okay, okay. I just want, and it's like my lesson to people is like, just just do it. Like uh -huh. all this planning and strategizing and funding and stuff, like 
and this is what somebody told me early on was like, just do it. I'm like, yeah, go put a, a website, even if it's a shitty Facebook page for your knives. Yeah. And it was like, they challenged me to do that. And I did it. And that kind of got the ball rolling. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I see a lot of people procrastinate or play what if or afraid of failure. And it's just, just do it. Dude, it's so that's the that's the mantra that I've been finding out with just interviewing like all the entrepreneurs, creatives, founders, whatever. It's not everyone has their vision and the, their uniqueness and everything like that. But what it comes down to, if I had to connect everything, it's just they did it, and and that might be the special power because the majority of people just don't do it. Yeah, and and, it, and it's it's great. It is awesome to hear you say that as well because it is true. It's just like you just go out and do it, and then let you know. Where where the cookies crumble, roll with it, baby. For sure, yeah, yeah. And, and you're not you're not gonna hit it out of the park on every everything yeah, that you do. And exactly. I certainly don't. Exactly. No, no. So then, what's next for Drew Hash Nice? What's your? You know, I after I'm, we just said you just go with it. <laughs> but, I've been doing more classes. Uh, huh? One thing I really enjoy in life and with knife making is is teaching people what I know. You know, and I did that with cooking, and now with knife making, I have a lot of people seeking out my guidance in making knives uh -huh. there's been a, a big resurgence or renaissance if you will of uh knife makers and specifically kitchen knife makers well okay okay uh, that's and, cool and surprisingly in the bay area there's not really any resources for folks okay when i started and i started looking around i couldn't find squat yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and so you know i had to go to books trial and error just uh -huh. you know buy some equipment and start doing it uh-huh and so I think it's a great resource for people to have lessons. Yeah. So I do that here and there. Uh-huh. I'd like to grow that. And I've been thinking about maybe a school somewhere sometime. Okay, cool. Uh, logistics of that are really complicated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's one thing. It's sort of a side project. I've also been working on uh, a lot of um, kitchen gadgets and tools, uh -huh. whether it's, you know, forged copper, bowls, stainless um, spoons, tongs, cool, like chefy stuff that yeah. is quirky and would be popular in the Bay Area. And it has your, your swag. Yeah, to say, it has you know, my style on it. You know, right now I make everything. I have a lot of people, uh, inquiring about apprenticeships and there's, it's so complicated with labor law and insurance that I haven't gotten to the position where I can accommodate people uh -huh. on that, but I will eventually. Yeah, see, you coming know, soon. <laughs> you know I, mean? um, I will be patient. <laughs> I'm not in a hurry. That's awesome. Yeah, well, let's switch to the beyond the business side. Uh, like, and we're still as a, as a business creator. I mean, I know where that's where our mind is generally all the time. But what is your typical day like? My typical day is so my wife works full time, and I basically shuffle kids around. Mm -hmm. There, one just started kindergarten, oh. and the other one is in. Um, he's younger, and he does part time preschool. Okay. Okay. And so I'm. Um, you know, caddy daddy. Like yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I pick them up. So my shop time is limited and I kind of fill in the gaps. I'll get up, take them to school. I have about three hours to forge, work on whatever projects I have. Uh -huh. uh, and then I go pick one up, promptly put them down for nap. Uh -huh. You know, the other one gets brought home now. So I, I'm back in the shop for nap time. Uh -huh. And then one day a week, I'll get almost a full day. Okay, okay. And so it's basically just kind of depends on what's on my docket for stuff I got to get done. Yeah, 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 yeah. For me, I like to bounce around a lot. I got a lot of different projects going on, whether it's building machinery from my shop or just making knives, filling orders. Okay, okay. That's cool. Um, but that's basic day for me. Okay. At night, I'll, I'm either doing research or reading about knife making. Yeah, or, yeah, all right. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just honing in on your craft yeah, when you can. You know, that's awesome. I see it as a, as a battle. 
even uh-huh. though it's it's really not. It's more, you know, competition. Uh-huh. I like to look at it as a battle, you know, okay. and I think that helps me. That's excel. cool. That's a good mindset. Is it, is it, is it the, being that competition? Is it like, are you saying like a battle in essence or not? It's not a competition. Like you're separating those as far as that or? I think it's it's more of a of a harmless competition, but I like to take the approach that it's a life or death battle and that even, you know, maybe another brand or another company as my enemy, even though yeah. they're, they're truly not. No, yeah, yeah, you know yeah. yeah. I mean? So it's like, I want to make sure that I'm up early hustling because my enemy's preparing for battle also. Yeah. That kind of like. And if you're up five minutes early, boy, you know you're winning I mean? that like, battle. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, I believe in that saying that's that if cool. you win the morning, you can win the day. So I, I, whether it's just absolutely. working out or, you know, getting in the shop or. Yeah. Or sending that, just that one little email. For sure. Morning. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's yeah. awesome. Just cross it off the yeah. to-do list. Exactly. Yeah, satisfying. Get that momentum going. That's awesome. So wh- as a business owner, what has been your biggest learning experience that you didn't expect? I don't know if it's just one thing or it's a lot of small things. I've learned that for me, if it, if I'm not so concerned about making a lot of money or getting rich, it has a weird tendency to just kind of work itself out. And I'm not saying that I'm making a lot of money doing what I'm doing now, but I haven't focused on mass production or sourcing stuff out or manufacturing it overseas. And I totally could do that and probably make more money, but it, it would not be satisfactory to me. Okay. Even on small scale, like having things water jet cut, I did initially and it just drove me crazy because it okay. was like repeating the process. And so that's one thing that I've learned is to not focus so much on trying to be rich or making a bunch of money. That's cool. Um, another thing is relationships with people, okay. um, both positive and negative. You know, uh-huh. a lot of people will seek me out for, you know, either like, They'll want something from me, basically, what it comes uh-huh. down to. And if initially, like, I like to help people, uh-huh, uh-huh. and I'm a real generous person, but after a while, they were they would take something from me without offering anything back. And I'm yeah. In some cases, I'm fine with that. Uh huh. But I've learned that people will take as much as you will give them. <laughs> you know what uh-huh. I mean? And and I got to be conscious of that. Uh huh. And so some things that if it's I can really get behind, I'm totally fine with it. With that, what are two strengths? that you see in yourself that has kept you going on the successful path that you're going? Two strengths. Um, I think one is that I really focus on what it is I'm interested in, which would also point out my weakness is if I'm not interested in it, I really don't <laughs> give a rat's ass about yeah. it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whether that's cooking or knife making, I can really focus on that. And so I think that's a strength in that I'm able to dump so much energy and, and, and focus on things. Uh-huh. I think another strength for me is I consider myself pretty generous and that I genuinely want to help people. And I don't have a lot of means to, you know, like really help people. So I do what I can with what I have. And so that a lot of times that's teaching people things, uh-huh. either on a small scale, you know, like a kid at the playground, you know, playing with him and I'll show him something. Yeah. Or people coming into my shop. I really enjoy teaching people that. All right, so there you go. Those are your two, and those are those are strengths that actually absolutely keep you on the successful path. Yeah. So, okay, someone on the playground comes up to you and says, "You know what, Drew? I want to start a business. Uh, what would you say to them besides just do? Because <laughs> I because I know we always we always say just do it because that is probably the one of the best pieces of advice. But what would you say um, to them? I would say probably just be reasonable because okay. um, there's a lot of people with unreasonable visions. Uh-huh. And um, I think 
it's not necessarily a bad thing if if you want to turn something that's unreasonable into a business because there's going to be a lesson there. Uh-huh. But I say do your research and be reasonable, really. That's cool. Uh, All right. You know, just do it only advice. goes so far because if somebody just keeps doing it over and over again and, you know, that's. Yeah, you got to, you got to, you got to, what do they say? Take the cow to the back of the barn or whatever. Like, you know, you got to kill the idea and start off a new one. <laughs> I, I haven't I, heard that, that one. Well, no, I, I probably, probably the wrong animal, to be honest with you. But uh, <laughs> that was from like Shark Tank, the, um, whatever his, I forget, um, Mr. Wonderful. He would say, I take the, it. take the, and put a, shoot it in the uh, back of the barn, kill the idea, yeah. basically. <laughs> so, okay. So, okay. We talked business. We talked your entrepreneurship. Let's talk about lifestyle style um so as far as uh it will start off basic with like your personal inspiration so i i always say this in every part created this acronym widwid so it means why i do what i do so if you had to say when each morning when you wake up what's your what's your reason what's your inspiration i feel like the motivation inspiration kind of comes and goes and fluctuates i like to read a lot of stuff that you know will stick with me for a while I think staying physically active is a big motivation for me. And I find that if I don't, there's a big difference. Um, It's things have changed now that I have children. So a lot of my motivation is, you know, obviously to, to make sure that they have a best life that I can provide for them. For sure. Um, Staying happy is a really big motivation for me. Uh I mentioned a minute ago that I'm not really hung up about being rich. Uh, Of course I'd like to be, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't worry about money, (laughs) but it's not a, um, it's not a driver for me. Uh-huh. I'm sort of a minimalist, kind of like that, in that I I really enjoy the simple things, and I don't need a a sea dew on my lake or anything like that. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So that's pretty much my motivation. I've I'm constantly striving to make the best thing that I possibly can. Uh-huh. Like I, I was talking about that war reference earlier. Yeah, and it was very similar to my cooking career, and uh-huh. that. You know, I just wanted to make the best food uh-huh, uh-huh. That, that was out there. And there's a enormous amount of satisfaction that you get when you blow someone's mind with food. Yeah. The thing is, it goes away as soon as they're done uh-huh. eating it. And they might remember it. You know, they might remember aspects of it, aspects of the night. But it's really not uh, permanent. And so I'm constantly amazed by the similarities between cooking and knife making. And one thing about the knives is... If I make someone a badass knife, yeah, they could have that to give to their kids. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, and that's really my motivation is just to make the best, coolest shit I can. That's cool. So it's kind of like you're um, because you kind of miss that forever for them to have it forever. Yeah, yeah. And now yeah. they have a knife that, and it connects to, especially the, the who you give the knife. Well, if you sell the knives to your product. They're doing the cooking, and they yeah, know yeah, how yeah. that what they what tool they use yeah. to get that. that. That is that's awesome. And so for that, if they could be like every time they touch that knife, be like not necessarily think of me, but just be like this knife is felt so rad. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which it happens to me. Obviously, I enjoy knives. And yeah, cooking, and I think it happens to every, not everybody, some other people. Uh-huh. And I just want like everybody who grabs one of my knives to be like. It's a fucking lightsaber, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. The power of the knife. For sure. (laughs) So what do you do for fun? For fun, in my very little free time I have, I uh, practice jujitsu in the mornings. Okay, okay. And then I used to do a lot of it, but not so much anymore, is free dive spearfishing. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I know. In the video, you mentioned that. That, Yeah. That's cool. I do that. Um, Abalone season's been closed for 
two seasons now. So I don't get up the North Coast very much. And uh, things are a little different now that I have kids. I don't, you know, go diving by myself. Yeah. Stuff <laughs> yeah. like that. Well, um, so it hasn't been as much, but I really do enjoy spearfishing. That's cool. And then as far as uh, we talked about how you stay motivated, you, you were saying that you, you books, uh, as far as that. But what about like any you, YouTube, watch channels, podcasts? What, what else? I listen to a lot of podcasts. And I, when I say read, I read less and less these days. Okay. I listen to a lot of books. Gotcha. Okay. That's um, cool. Like I just finished David Goggins book. Uh-huh. That was, you know, that has nothing to do with what I do, but it's extremely motivating. Motivating. Yeah. So yeah, I find uh, with books too, like just because I'm either shooting or creating content, whatever it may be. So technically I'm always in front of a darn computer screen. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's like, so when I get off, it's like I I read, yeah, uh, but it gets my usually uh, nonfiction or fig- or actually fiction or nonfiction just to get my mind off exact yeah. different from what I do, yeah. You know, so it's I, I see that where it's like even though now you I haven't done the whole listening thing, Audible and all that stuff. Like, like I could see it's like podcasts though, right? It's just it know. is. Um, I really enjoyed it because when I was working as a private chef, it was me by myself. Yeah, uh, okay. I would drive thirty five miles each way, mm-hmm. so you know that's all. Yeah, you know, utilizing my time for sure. That's and important. Then, uh, the whole time I was working, I could listen to podcasts or books. When I'm working in my shop now, unless it's something I need to really, really pay attention to, yeah, I can listen to podcasts. Or yeah, podcasts yeah, yeah. are easier. A lot of times, books, you know, like you want to, you have to back up because you missed something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> cool. Then, uh, as far as uh, being that you were in the restaurant business, this is a do you, any restaurants that you your favorite restaurants around San Francisco. <sighs> This is my least favorite question. I know, right? You probably get that. As a chef, do you like that? Um, you know, I'm a, I'm a little bit out of the loop as far as what's new and hip. Um, uh-huh. And a lot of times I find myself disappointed when I go out to eat. I really okay. like to go like um, cheaper ethnic foods uh-huh. or, you know, something I wouldn't cook at home. Okay. Or super high-end fine dining. Okay. Those okay. are like the times that I <laughs> No middle. Because <laughs> the middle ground is like, man, I could have made this at home uh-huh. or, or a lot less money. You know yeah, I mean? yeah, 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 yeah. Well, there you go. I mean, well, as far as what is beyond, let's talk about you as what you like to cook out. What's your favorite type of cuisine that you that you dig? Cooking? I wouldn't say I have a favorite. I really do like the seasonality thing. Um, I go to farmer's market every week, so I like mm-hmm. to cook. I've been all over the world traveling, studying foods. Sweet. And I, so I, you know, I, I really dig Asian foods, sort of pan-Asian, like all different Asian mm-hmm. foods. I do most of the cooking at home, and we eat very healthy, so okay, that's what I do. Um, I could also cook for the kids, which I would say not so healthy. For yeah, me yeah, to yeah. Eat, you know yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's all right. Well, what about uh, alcohol? Do you, do you enjoy a cocktail? I've been sober for coming up on three years now. Sweet. All yeah. right. Cool. 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 All right. So hey. that. I drink a lot of sparkling water yeah. and espresso. <laughs> yeah, no, there you go. Uh, I'm the same way. Sparkling water is, and then coffee, it's amazing. Like I have to have my after – we start the mornings off, have my cup, and then in the afternoon I need another pick-me-up, man. I'm yeah. doing like two or three cups a day. I'm like, if not more. But <laughs> I keep it's starting going. to become a problem for me. It's just like I got a new espresso machine for uh, for Christmas and it's like – you're like all right and then you're going wired all right cool and then so to kind of close out the the podcast these questions are a little bit more it's a little bit more thinking wise and then the other one's a quick uh sentence but um how do you want to define your legacy i would say i'd like my legacy to, to be defined as you know a craftsman 
who was always seeking perfection in the products that he made. And that part of my legacy is that I'll have these knives around floating in people's homes and kitchens long after I'm gone. You know, I'd say a lot of people would not say that about what they've done on earth. And, and for, I think it'd be really cool to, to have a part of me out there while I'm long gone. That's cool. All right. And then finish the sentence. Drew is. Drew was a perpetual student. uh, Also a great teacher. I really enjoy um, showing people what I know. Perfect. All right. So how does someone get a hold of you if they want to actually do it, order a knife or because I knew in their custom knife, Mm -hmm. how, what would be the best way? Best way is through my website. There's a form. Uh, my email's on there. That's the best way. Okay. You can fill out the form, send it to me. I'll get back to you. I'm also on Instagram at Drew Hash Knives. Facebook a little bit. Yeah. I'm phasing that out. Um, but <laughs> I, think a lot of I spend are. a good amount of time on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah, for sure. The, uh, what's the, and then you want to give the website name? I mean, it's exactly your drewhashknives.com. Cool. And then, uh, but yeah, no, it's uh, social media. Definitely follow his uh, social media, Instagram in particular. He puts all his cool knives up there, and those are like fresh knives or or yeah, it's a lot of um, just shop shots. You know, stuff that I'm working on. A lot of unfinished stuff. You know, I'm not cranking out a bunch of knives right now so when i do finish them i'll put on a sort of iphone pretty shot of them yeah 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 right <laughs> so. so cool so then and of course uh, with all our scotch powder story podcasts we will make sure we have all the links there for people to easily access your stuff and uh your social media and your website and drew it's been an absolute pleasure dude it's totally inspiring and i i, I did go check out his knives like i said they're freaking badass. And uh, thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you.